Hey, have you got bare walls at home or in your office? Do you want to surround yourself with the majesty and inspiration of our mountains? I'm talking truly incredible photography of Western North Carolina landscapes. RedRockPhotoNC.com. Stay tuned for details. It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What's going on? Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for listening. I do appreciate it. The show is made possible by patrons like Caddy and Manuel and Stephen, Marlon, Lori, Deborah. Robin, Mark, Kristen, and Linda, and Taylor, and Sarah. I appreciate all of the support. I couldn't do it without you. They became patrons to support the show, and you can too, by visiting com and clicking on uh, the link there. Um, today on the agenda, uh, the, the knives are out now for Madison Cawthorn, the North Carolina a congressional candidate, the Republican. He uh, had an Instagram post that some people found from like three years ago where he uh, was over in Europe and he went and did a tour of the Eagle's Nest, which I have full disclosure, I'm not a World War II guy, not a buff about it or anything. I'm not, a, I think it happens after you turn 50, you become like a World War II buff just genetically as a dude. But anyway, uh, that has not happened to me yet. So uh, I was unaware of what this site was, but it obviously proves that he's a Nazi, right? Exactly, because that's the, <clears throat> that's always the argument <laughs> from our friends on the left. It's always. He's a Nazi white supremacist. So we're going to get into that. And uh, first, we're going to talk to Brian Balfour. He is the executive vice president of the Civitas Institute about a series of uh, uh, posts that they have up at their website, nccivitas.org, the work that they're doing exposing the radical agenda of the left. Uh, and what they want to do in North Carolina. And uh, unlike all of the tea leaves and dog whistles that you have to interpret uh, with, you know, Madison Cawthorn and all these people on the right that are, oh, he made an okay sign, so he's obviously a racist. It's it, it's a dog whistle. These are subliminal cues. The nice thing about the left is they tell you exactly who they are. They put out entire platforms and position papers on it, and uh, that's what this new organization uh, has put out they call themselves what is it the north carolina united for survival and beyond and my view of it just reading through what they've posted uh they seem to just be a rehash of blueprint nc and um the moral monday movement but uh, they have a lot of backing from a lot of very wealthy organizations and some pretty influential ones too so we're going to get into that with Brian Balfour uh, up next. But first, believe me when I tell you that Mattress Man Stores is the place that you need to go get your mattress because they are good people there. They have great products, great service. I got my mattress from Mattress Man. Christy and I bought it. Um, probably about eight years ago now. We love it. It's a king-size memory foam mattress. It's fantastic. It's like sleeping on a marshmallow. Um, when we get our next mattress, and we are discussing this, uh, when we you know we make our move, do we want to move this mattress, and do we get a new mattress at the time? Uh, at that time, because the technology on the memory foam stuff has you know 
it's always it's just getting better and better and better. And now, like Mattress Man has these great deals on what is a gel memory foam. These are queen size gel memory foam mattresses for three ninety nine. Also, if you get a new mattress now, zero down, zero percent interest for up to two years, and zero payments for ninety days. The triple zero deal at Mattress Man, and they also have free bedding bundles, including sheets, protectors, and pillows with the purchase of select mattresses. And yes, they have other mattresses as well, if you like the inner spring mattresses, or if you want an adjustable base, for example. Uh, They've got those too. They have it all at Mattress Man, mattressmanstores.com. They have four locations in Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville. They ship nationwide, and let the sleep consultants help you pick the right mattress for you five-star local delivery service, and a 120-day comfort guarantee. Experience the difference at Mattress Man. Buy local and sleep better. Joining me now is Brian Balfour. He is the executive vice president of the Civitas Institute. He's got two pieces up at the Civitas website, nccivitas.org, exposing the radical agenda the left wants to impose on North Carolina and meet the socialists behind North Carolina's newest radical left coalition. And I welcome him to the program. How are you, Brian? I'm doing well, Pete. Thanks for having me on. Certainly. So you document this new coalition of left-wing groups that has now picked up some 200-plus members. And uh, I guess like that number sounds like a lot, but I guess in the grand scheme of things, is that really a lot? Because it is from all over the state, and there are a lot of these types of uh, progressive groups, I would assume, that are out there. I guess, is this like all of them? Uh, it's it's a good share of them, certainly. But as you mentioned, it, it is from around the state. A lot of them are uh, kind of local groups in nature, but signing on to this petition really just to show the broad sweeping support from these progressive or, or left-leaning organizations across the state. And, and you may be familiar with a, a project of the Civitas Institute we've done uh, put up a number of years ago called Mapping the Left, which mm-hmm. outlines, I mean, hundreds, hundreds of these organizations across the state. Um, and, and that really just kind of uh, dispels the notion um, that is is popular among especially the mainstream media to advance that somehow it's conservative groups that have all the resources and all the money and all the people and all the power. It's, it's really the opposite. I mean, when, when you look across the state, there's uh, really outnumbered uh, quite vastly uh, by left-wing uh, progressive organizations in terms of manpower, money, and organizations. But uh, So, yeah, this newest coalition uh, calls itself NC United for Survival and Beyond, and, and they have a pretty radical um, list of uh, demands, if you will, that uh, I know we're going to get into here. And it's got uh, support of a lot of these groups, uh, upwards of 200, as you mentioned. Uh, and some, you know, a lot of them are local, but uh, several of them are pretty influential organizations here in North Carolina, first and foremost among them being the North Carolina Association of Educators. Of course, there's also um, William Barber's Poor People's Campaign to sign on to it, uh, the North Carolina AFL-CIO, uh, and also a, a statewide organization called Democracy NC, which is pretty influential. So these are not, even though the, their ideas would strike us as pretty fringe and radical they are getting the backing of some pretty mainstream and influential groups so you mentioned this disparity in understanding the uh, size of conservative versus media net uh, or uh, progressive media networks and or affiliated organizations why is that an important 
I don't know, distinction to draw? Why should people be aware that uh, there is this belief among North Carolina political press that the conservatives have this huge sprawling network, but the progressives do not? Yeah, well, this is commonly uh, advanced narrative, it seems like, that uh, you know, conservatives have the backing of these you know, deep-pocketed millionaires and billionaires, and, and that's why they hold all this influence. Um, but really, <laughs> so much of the influence is coming from the left, and they guess what? They have their deep-pocketed millionaires and billionaires as well. So when you start diving into just the number of groups of these organizations uh, that are politically ad, uh, um, active and advocate for various policies, it's, there's no comparison. I mean, you know, the, the, the left-wing media wants to paint this narrative of it's kind of a David versus Goliath kind of situation, meaning, um, you know, Goliath being the right wing, it's really the opposite. Uh, when you start breaking down the amount of money being spent and, and the amount of people involved in all these organizations, and of course, uh, uh, these progressive groups, they have all these uh, so many more people that are then they can project down into the General Assembly in Raleigh and have that influence uh, at the legislature. And they have uh, uh, the numbers Well, they can be producing uh, content on their websites and trying to garner uh, activists to organize rallies and so forth. So uh, they're, they're really heavily coordinated. Uh, they're heavily funded. And they, they have just really almost an army of of these activists involved in all these organizations. So I think it's just important to really uh, uh, promote a better understanding of the political landscape here in North Carolina of where those numbers uh, actually lay. Well, and and also you mentioned Reverend William Barber. Uh, his, his organization, uh, Repairers of the Breach, is just one example, but they are funded largely, I think their numbers were almost 100% by taxpayer-funded grants. Uh, and so a lot of this activism is being done on taxpayers' dime. Yeah, absolutely. That's something we wrote about uh, back when he was organizing the Moral Monday uh, protests a handful of years ago. I'm sure many of your listeners remember that well. Uh, we actually uh, documented that, and we started calling them Money Mondays, uh, because even back then, uh, the organizations that William Barber was involved in were was heavily subsidized by your state taxpayer dollars. Um, so it just kind of seems a little bit uh, disingenuous at times for organizations to be lobbying to expand the size and scope of state government uh, to try to increase taxes on the hardworking North Carolinians when they are themselves personally benefiting from that largesse. Uh, you mentioned Moral Monday movement, and uh, at some point uh, I remember reading also you connected this to the Blueprint NC, and so uh, uh, that effort when Pat McCrory first took office as the governor and the Blueprint NC folks, all these lefties got together and they had some big conference and they handed out like these PowerPoint presentations and they said, uh, you know, these this is the strategy, you know, the eviscerate, litigate, mitigate, cogitate, agitate. And I was reading through the demands that you guys have published from the North Carolina United for Survival and Beyond, this latest coalition, and I was struck by the similarities I mean, I guess I understand there's some reason for that, like just there's a you know philosophical reason folks on the left are all going to be on board with these ideas. But it reminded me of the effort when the Moral Monday folks went to, uh, and the Blueprint and Sears, they went to the General Assembly with their list of demands, and the General Assembly leadership tallied it all up and found the cost 
to be some some extravagant number that would bankrupt the state. And lo and behold, and that's why I wonder, like, you guys have done some similar math here, and it comes to the same conclusion. And I'm wondering how much of this new list of demands is simply just a, you know, a copy and paste job out of the Moral Monday folks. There are definitely some similarities, um, you know, their emphasis on uh, Medicaid expansion. Of course, the, this new or the coalition calling for expanding Medicaid to also include uh, illegal immigrants, uh, which would uh, have a hefty price tag. Uh, there is some crim- uh, some pretty radical criminal justice uh, reforms that, that seems to be a little bit of a new twist, including and, and this is not hyperbole or fear mongering, Pete. This is directly from their website is that they are advocating to for a push for, quote, everyone to be released from prisons and jails. Uh, I mean, it's in bold letters on their on their website saying, free them all. Um, so this is pretty radical. There's also, you know, again, we can get into the numbers if you want momentarily, but this universal basic income, uh, which I documented uh, and discussed and kind of put the numbers together, and those numbers are just absolutely astronomical. When you actually start doing the math with what they're what they're asking for yes. in terms of that, so yeah. Uh, so let me let, let me do that real quick. So you write three hundred twenty five thousand illegal immigrants in the state, and Medicaid uh, yeah Medicaid expenditures of roughly three hundred sixty dollars per enrollee per month. And so when you do that math and you put it out to an annualized basis, it's one point four billion dollars. When you talked about the universal basic income. Uh, that is, they're recommending, and I went, uh, I followed the links that you posted. I went to their original source document, and sure enough, it's in there. $1,200 a month for a universal basic income, which would cost the state about $150 billion every year. And what is the state budget right now? Yeah, about about twenty four to $25 billion. <laughs> So that, that would be about six, that program alone would be about six times the entire general fund state budget currently. And I, I was I was blown away, as you are, by those numbers. So I reached out to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. I reached out to their communications director to kind of confirm these numbers, is it, asking them, is this what you guys really mean? Because they put on their website that this, this uh, universal basic income would be to all people of all ages in North Carolina, regardless of whether you're working or not. So, you know, you did the math with a state of roughly about 20, 10 and a half million people. That adds up to $151 billion. Uh, for, for a little more perspective, for example, a family of four just drawing this universal basic income uh, could draw about $57,600 per year for that household for doing nothing. Uh, and for a little more perspective, this currently North Carolina state median household income is $53,800. So you could get more from drawing this universal basic income from doing nothing than the median household income for the families for. So just just completely bizarre world type of numbers that we're talking about here from this proposal. More with Brian Balfour in a minute. First, speaking of proposals, you know how important your website is for your business right now more than ever. Well, I have a proposal for you, okay? Go to SchaeferSmith.com. You need your your website to turn up in search engine results. You want it to look professional. You want it to be user-friendly for not just your customers, but also you. And you know your business. You know how to do that. But you probably are not an expert on web design and maintenance, right? I'm not. Who is? 
Schaefer Smith is. Schaefer Smith Design. Great design can solve a lot of your site's problems. He does professional services, corporate, small business, and entrepreneurs. He can help you with graphics, with photos, with building out an online store, search engine optimization, website maintenance and security. He does logos. You like the Pete Callender Show logo? He did that with me. He has a whole process. It's very easy to go uh, uh, to go through with him. And he asks, you know, he gives you all these different examples. Uh, do you like this or do you like that? Give me some ideas of logos you like, some that you hate. He has a whole process, and it makes it very easy to get a logo that you're going to be happy with. But also, the whole website of the operation as well. So go to SchaeferSmith.com and get the most out of your website. That's SchaeferSmith.com. Brian Balfour is the Executive Vice President of the Civitas Institute. We're talking about this latest iteration of a coalition called the North Carolina United for Survival and Beyond. Um, And there are some 200 affiliated groups that are part of this. And uh, they offered up a list of demands, very lengthy write-up at their website. And um, at least I will say this for them. They offered up ways to pay for all of this. I thought that was helpful, right? If you're going to submit some demands uh, that are going to cost a lot of money, it's helpful to maybe identify some revenue sources. So they want to uh, they want to raise the corporate income tax. They want to uh, broaden the sales tax, uh, which I thought was interesting because when Republicans did that a couple of years ago, uh, it, it was proof that they hated poor people. Uh, then the uh, graduated income tax, they want a wealth tax, which I, th- I thought this one was interesting, to include inheritance taxes, capital gains, and mansion taxes. Any idea what a mansion tax might be? Um, well, that that kind of goes unexplained. I mean, I, I don't know what the threshold would be, but obviously they're they're looking at trying to uh, uh, add some additional taxes for high uh, high worth homes. But of course, there was no really specifics on that but um and i i was able to do at least some uh, uh somewhat rough estimates adding up uh these these new revenue generators that they were claiming is going to pay for all these programs and kind of being uh um generous uh with the with the estimates on this and kind of taking their word for it basically uh their tax hikes would be uh amount to nearly five billion alone which would mark the uh, historic uh, levels of ta- unprecedented levels of tax increase uh, in North Carolina, but of course it would still come up about 145 billion dollars short <laughs> of funding their demands. Um, so we're we're just you know we're just talking about of course if they did implement their demands and we have this universal basic income, there'd be strong incentives for more and more people not to work, um, and so we would have a smaller smaller pool of taxpayers to try to soak to pay for these uh, in- incredible uh, programs. And, and so the tax rates on those who actually continue to work would just be, uh, I mean, it, w- it would be mind boggling. I mean, yeah. it would make uh, California look like a, a free market utopia. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. What's the old axiom? At some point you run out of other people's money. That would happen very quickly under mm-hmm. this scenario. Uh, because also you mentioned in your piece that uh, it would it, it would serve as a magnet. That people would see, oh, I can go to North Carolina, get twelve hundred dollars a month for doing nothing. I guess you would have it, it would free you up to do a lot of uh, peaceful protesting uh, in the streets. I guess, but this idea is that then everybody comes here, people who are then footing the bill for all of this, they leave, and so what are you left with? 
just a bunch of people that showed up for the free money that aren't getting it. I, I, it's, it's just a recipe for disaster. Um, and I, I like if it wasn't, if it wasn't on the website with all of these organizations signed on to it, I would think it's a joke. It, it reads almost like a, uh, like a, I don't know, the product of a haze induced college dorm room meeting. You know, it, it, it just doesn't have any, any grounding in reality in economics. Yeah, I think that's a good description. Um, it, it really just kind of does kind of read of just, hey, you know, like a child's uh, uh, Christmas list, right? You know, hey, Santa can deliver anything, right? <laughs> and there's no, there's no mentality, no thought put into, well, how are we going to pay for all this? You know, a kid puts together a Christmas list and they're not thinking about uh, how Santa's going to pay for all these toys. They just want their free stuff. And, and I think that's pretty comparable to what these, these folks were doing when they put this list together. So let's talk about how this operation, this coalition uh, is funded, because follow the money, right? That's the old adage. And uh, mm-hmm. support, you write in your next, in the second piece that you just published on this, support for helping to organize the, uh, the NC United coalition is coming from a group called the Southern Vision Alliance, the SVA. So who is the SVA? Yeah, so the SVA... Uh, well, they describe themselves, this is directly from their website, as, quote, an anchor for frontline groups and leaders to disrupt and transform power for collective liberation. Uh, and and that uh, line of buzzwords there uh, really just kind of tips their hat. So they, they are a pretty extreme left-wing uh, group, and they are um, staffed by uh, avowed socialists. Uh, again, this is not hyperbole. This is how these folks that, that staff the SVA are describing themselves uh, and getting back to what you're talking about, the, the funding then. So we can look at, I looked at uh, SVA's annual report uh, to show who is giving financial support to this organization. And, and lo and behold, of course, George Soros is behind it, uh, his Open Society Foundation, uh, the Ford Foundation, a pretty notorious and deep-pocketed uh, left-wing outfit. Uh, Blueprint NC is lending support, that organization that we were talking about a minute ago. Uh, and, of course, uh, the Z. Smith Reynolds Foundation, which is a, a big, big funder across North Carolina of progressive and left-wing causes. Were you surprised? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> um, when, you look at, when you look at the SVA's website and you start reading their descriptions and who they're staffed by and, and uh, some of their goals and the terminology they throw away uh, or throw around, um, these are exactly the type of groups I would have figured would have been funding uh, this organization. Uh, you have, you, you've got some quotes from their site. Uh, the SVA states that they, quote, believe that current conditions are rooted in the legacies of colonialism, slavery, white supremacy, patriarchy, and capitalist exploitation. So they check all the boxes uh, on that one, um, and that they reject the right of the state to decide what is and what is not legitimate protest, rejecting the right of the state to to, to make that determination. Why is that troubling to you? Yeah, well, I, I read that. I read that a couple of times, that statement, and what that really implies to me is they're basically saying, we're the mob, we're the ones making the rules, Right. Um, you know, the state can't decide what is and, and what is not legitimate protest. And certainly in light of recent actions and, and protests and riots that we've seen, um, to me, that that uh, talks about 
you know, again, we are the mob, and if the state, we don't recognize the state wanting to come in and protect, for example, protect the private property of business owners, uh, this mob is not recognizing that as legitimate. They're saying, hey, if we want to burn down storefronts, we're going to do that, and we don't think you have any right to stop us. And, and that's very troubling because that, you know, we've seen the kind of violence and, and problems that can lead to in, in uh, major cities over these last couple months. Brian Balfour is the executive vice president at the Civitas Institute, and we are discussing his uh, his latest uh Uh, work on the NC United for Survival and Beyond Coalition, which is just a mouthful. I don't understand. I guess you say they go by NC United for short, uh, which is, I guess, superior because this is just a terrible name. Um, And one of the things in in their their write-up that you linked up to, their big, what do they call this thing? Their, uh, oh, their platform. Um, Number four, keep people housed and all rent utility payments waived, at least through the end of the year, because they're they're piggybacking on the pandemic, on COVID, in order to make these arguments that uh, the the solution is to expand government programs and services, which I have always pointed out, like whenever times are good, they want to expand programs and services because we have the money. And then when times are bad, the solution is to expand programs and services. It's that there's it's it's quite a. Uh, it's quite a philosophy they have that it works in every situation. But uh, this idea they're going to waive all rent and utility payments, which I guess is fine if you're just a renter, not so fine if you're the landlord. Right, exactly right. And it does say for all tenants. So that's just not you know low-income or means-tested program here. They're talking about, again, for anybody who rents. So that would include people in, in high-rent uh, uh, you know, uh, penthouses, in uh, Raleigh or Charlotte and, and places like that. So it's, it's, it's really just kind of mind boggling. And of course, you know, what happens uh, for, for the landlords when they're not receiving revenue and then the landlord then in turn can't pay back the banks for what they're owed. And then, you know, th- there is this snowball effect of what happens. So now the banks start having to having all these loans that are defaulted and it seizes up the credit markets. And then we, we uh, rewind back to what happened in 2009, right? And the credit markets froze in 2009. There was a, a big credit crunch, and it caused this this catastrophic recession. So this is just a recipe to uh, repeat those kind of actions. It's almost as if it's designed to destroy the system, which it is, of course. And that's why... Uh, I think it's very important, the work that you guys have done at Civitas with Mapping the Left and now with this, that we need to listen to these people when they tell us who they are, right? This is this is their philosophy. They're saying we are socialists, we are Marxists, and as such, if you know what those philosophies mean, then all of this sort of makes sense because they're attempting to destroy it from within if you just said about the, uh, you know, the, the rules in such a way, you will induce the collapse that you seek in order to replace it with your, you know, socialist utopia. Right. Yeah. I mean, and the first goal is to what destroy the current system and that's what they're in the process of doing. And then I think in their philosophy, if you inflict enough pain, uh, then people are going to cry out for something dramatically different. And so that's when they believe that they're going to step in and usher in their new, you know, socialist uh, utopia, if you will, they're going to be the ones to, uh, uh, that folks that are suffering in the current system 
are going to be seeking something significantly different, and they're the ones that are going to step up with the solutions. And and I, I also think you know we're we're going to be coming out with with a, a series of more articles looking at these left wing groups because it is so important that you know in North Carolina we've seen over the last decade we've seen with conservative leadership uh, a lot of really positive reforms in, in tax cuts and and uh, school choice measures and so forth. Uh, but we're still just one election away from these types of groups being the ones who have a seat at the table uh, if there's more uh, uh, left-wing uh, progressive leadership in the General Assembly. So I think it's just really important to expose what their true agenda is and the folks that will be uh, having uh, influence and sway at the General Assembly uh, if that leadership turns. Right, and that's not that's not exaggerative. It's not hyperbole. You go through with this SVA group, this Southern Vision Alliance, um, and who is on their board is what Durham Durham City Council member and Mayor Pro Tem Jillian Johnson sits on that board, like and was apparently their uh, their director of operations at some point. Um, you've got. Uh, details here on another one, Elena Everett, who is a member of the Workers' World Party, which is a communist party, and uh, she serves on the the board of Blueprint NC. She was the state chair of the North Carolina Green Party, and she was also the comms director for the Southern Coalition for Social Justice. That's the organization that our Supreme Court Justice Anita Earls founded. So, like, the, the idea that that this philosophy is just like a radical fringe element and these people are so far removed from power, uh, it's, it's a fantasy. They are very close to the power seats. Yeah, absolutely. 100% correct. I mean, these again, these are the folks that are going to be uh, uh, providing uh, policy uh, suggestions, recommendations to the legislators. And, and the legislators are going to be listening to these folks because this is, like you said, these are the folks that have... Uh, a close relationships to the people with the levers of power. Also in this uh, platform, they list all of their supporters. I highly recommend folks go check out uh, the links at NC Civitas because um, there are a ton of organizations, some of, and people that you might not be aware. I mean, some are obvious, I think, right? Some are very obvious that are like the Democratic Socialists of America, right? <laughs> the, the local chapters all around the state, they're all on board. I think everybody would say, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but others... Maybe not so much. One that's uh, that jumped out at me. Where was it? I think it was the very last one. The YWCA of Asheville. Like, what what are they doing on there? Um, well, I know what they're doing on there because in Asheville, everybody knows the YWCA is sort of the uh, sort of the feeder system for these progressive elected officials and activists to come through. So, uh, but so if you are you know affiliated with some of these organizations, you might want to look and see if they're on this list of uh, of radicals. Were there any on any on the list that surprised you besides the one that you mentioned? There's that that seemingly are like like mainstream organizations. Um. Yeah, I don't know if there's necessarily any more surprises. Um, just kind of scanning through it, I, you know, there's the Sierra Club, uh, uh, the, the pretty uh, well-known uh, environmental activist groups. There, there are a number of uh, religious-affiliated organizations as well, uh, and I think that just kind of represents a, a, a shift we've seen um, where the progressive left has been co-opting uh, a lot of these churches uh, for their these quote-unquote social justice movements. Um, so, you know, folks who are, are, uh, you know, involved and active in their churches, they may want to take a look at this list to see 
if their if their churches uh, are signing on to this very radical left wing Marxist uh, agendas. Uh, so you know, there's again, there's there's roughly about 200 uh, of these organizations. Uh, many of them are local in nature. Many of them are statewide, uh, and and they uh, again, <laughs> they they span uh, from religious organizations to the YWCA to environmental groups to to all these other organizations. And um, you know, looking back when, uh, for example, WRAL, uh, the media outlet, gave this uh, coalition a little bit of publicity. You know, they just kind of uh, soft pedal this group's uh, platform as just you know seeking equality or social justice, you know, these high-minded, um, non-threatening kind of terms, but you really need to scratch beneath the surface and look at what their true agenda is. And in this case, we're fortunate because they're actually telling us. They're being just boldly proclaiming what they want and just how radical their demands are. And so, as you said, they're telling us we need to listen. Mm-hmm. And so that's the really kind of the purpose of me putting the articles out there is to uh, to educate people and let people, more people know really what, what just how radical the agenda uh, these left-wing groups are really seeking. Brian Balfour is the executive vice president of the Civitas Institute. And is there anything else that you think is important or interesting here that we should add that you want people to know before I let you go? Um, yeah, I think, you know, they, they're, they're trying to gain momentum with uh, with the criminal justice reform. And certainly there's uh, in the wake of the George Floyd tragedy, you know, that was really a, a uniting opportunity, um, you know, for people to try to curb the excesses and, and, and abuse by the police. But it looks like groups like this are, are starting to co-opt that movement and really kind of Trojan horse. They're far more re- wide reaching uh, Marxist socialist agenda under the guise of this of the uh, kind of police reforms that so many folks uh uh, wanted to jump on board with. So I think it's we need to be really cautious about some of these groups and understand that, hey, they may be on you know, the tip of the iceberg. They may be talking about things that we agree with, but beneath the surface, their actual agenda is far more radical and, and really you know, threatening to the Western civilization uh, that, we've, uh, you know, that we uh, you know, support and appreciate and has provided so much prosperity for so many. Thanks for your time today, Brian. I do appreciate it. And you can read Brian's work at ncivitas.org. Brian Balfour, the Executive Vice President of the Civitas Institute. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Pete. Now, actually, there is a really easy way to avoid having to pay rent. Do you want to know what it is? It's owning your own home. That's not rent technically. Look, if you are looking to buy or sell a house, do the only thing that I would do. Call the only person I would call, Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team. The phone number is 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com. By the way, uh, for some reason, there are a ton of people that are looking to get out of cities and move to the mountains. So if you have a house and you've been thinking about selling, uh, this might be a really good opportunity for you right now. 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com. Call Rowena Patton. Uh, She outsells 99% of the realtors in the entire state, and she is the only agent I called when Christy and I started looking to buy. So 333-4043, mountainhomehunt.com, and start packing. So from their platform of this organization, NC United for Survival and Beyond, and beyond. Anyway, I, you know, I feel like you need to say it with like that sort of, uh, what was the guy's name from Toy Story? Not Buck Rogers. 
that was the real guy, but the one anyway, Buzz Lightyear, right? Buzz Lightyear, <laughs> Infinity and Beyond, right? Um, to a, this is from their platform to address the public health and economic crisis. The North Carolina General Assembly should get serious about fixing our tax code, so we have the resources in this moment and in the long term. Now, remember, the General Assembly fixed the tax code; they reformed the tax code over the last decade after Republicans finally wrestled control away from the Democratic Party for the first time in over a century. And even Democrats, I used to interview Democrats as a reporter back in the early 2000s when they were the majority, and I was down in Charlotte, and I would interview these Democratic state lawmakers, and they would tell me that they were interested in overhauling the state tax system because it was built on an economy that didn't really exist. And it was all changing. There were a lot of textile companies that were closing down. It was just antiquated. And so they wanted to do this, but they were always incapable of doing it. Republicans came in and they did it. Now, Democrats screamed bloody murder. They predicted the catastrophe of the entire state, economic ruin, there'd be bankruptcy, cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria, just it didn't happen. It just didn't happen. All of their predictions of bankruptcy never were borne out. Now, you would think that that would earn them a spot of dismissal, basically, in the media, but they don't. These same organizations continue to uh, put out projections of doom and gloom, and uh, they still get treated as if their prior predictions were never made or were more accurate than they actually were. But listen to this line from their platform, from these lefties' platform. Ultimately, fiscal analysis should be done to determine which options result in the largest revenue gains for the state while reversing the regressive, racist design of our current tax code. Okay, so the tax code is racist, all right? Um, the largest revenue gains occur, by the way, when you have the most economic activity. And that's what the state of North Carolina has achieved under the Republican reforms. And you guys opposed. But that's, I, I know that's uncomfortable. Like, for example, they want to raise the capital gains tax. And economists will tell you when you raise capital gains taxes, you get less money to the Treasury. Barack Obama was asked about this very thing in 2012. And he flat out said it didn't matter. It was about fairness. Fairness is, it's not. Fairness is not in the eyes of the beholder. It's in the eyes of the socialist. What they deem to be fair. That's how they can get away with so much more than you can, see, because that's fair. Um, they then go on to say that uh, they declare access to the Internet as an essential public utility. And they say North Carolina is ranked 18th nationally, with 89% of North Carolinians having broadband access. But there are still counties across the state where up to 31% of residents do not have wired or wireless broadband access. As a result of systemic racism, this disparity is only increased when looking specifically at communities of color. So again, racism. It's all about racism always and every time. And they base this charge, this, quote, systemic racist charge, they, uh, they base that off of outcomes. If there is any disparity in an outcome between whites and blacks and Latinos and any other racial group, then that is de facto proof and argument over that whatever that institution or system was, was inherently racist. 
So if you have different outcomes in test taking, for example, that is obviously because the institutional racism of the testing organization and the wording on the test, right? It's all institutionalized racism. So you have differences in outcome. You have a disparity of the number of people who have internet access in a particular area. Well, that means it's systemic racism. Now, it doesn't take into account, obviously, you go into some rural areas where it's like 100% white and like nobody has internet access or broadband. And uh, that's not racism. Of course not. That would not be racism. But in some other areas where there are uh, a, a diverse populations and there's disparity in outcomes there, well, then that is systemic racism. See, it just it works so many different ways for you. It's almost like the whole thing is rigged, you know, almost as if. <laughs> Um, and finally, I have a list here of all of the organizations that are part of this, uh, this new coalition. Um, so let me, uh, let me run down the local ones here. Oh, actually speaking of, um, a local one, a local military surplus for you is old Grouch's military surplus, particularly now in these times, you may be interested in going to a military surplus store and you're not really sure what to expect. Go to Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde. He has got real U.S. military surplus for more than three decades. Old Grouch's Military Surplus on Main Street in downtown Clyde has been uh, your source for all sorts of real surplus. For example, first aid kits and medical supplies. Uh, to treat all kinds of injuries and wounds. Body armor made to NATO specs. These are for in-store or over-the-phone purchases only. Face masks made locally by a disabled veteran family out of military parachutes. They are lightweight and they are soft. Uh, also, steel gas cans, the pre-ban old-school ones. The shop is open Monday through Saturday. It's across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. Go on, uh, Go in, talk to Tim. He'll be happy to help you. Ask a lot of questions. He lives for this, okay? Oldgrouch.com, Old Grouch's Military Surplus, which is not on the list of <laughs> the organizations supporting the socialists' latest platform. I swear, like, it's really always just the same platform. I don't understand why they have to redo their documents all the time with different website names and organization names, but there's a lot of names on this list. I'm going to give you the uh, the the highlights here. So uh, let's start off. It's all alphabetical. Asheville DSA, that is the Asheville Democratic Socialists of America, of course. Not really a surprise there. There are a bunch of other DSA groups that are on this list, too. Asheville Movement Community, Beloved Asheville, Blue Dream Curry, business owner, Asheville, Cooperate, WNC, Coming to the Table, Asheville Chapter, Democracy NC, Durham Association of Educators and the Durham County Democratic Party. Just in case I threw those in there, just in case you were curious, like, is this really got the backing of like political mainstream organizations? Yeah, they do. Equality NC, Extinction Rebellion, Western NC, Faith for Justice, Asheville, First Congregational uh, UCC Asheville, I believe that's the, what, United... I think they're Unitarian. Maybe they're Unitarian. Anyway, Mothers Out Front, Asheville Chapter, NC Piedmont DSA, Democratic Socialist of America, NC Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival. That is William Barber's, Reverend Barber's operation. NC Public School Workers Union, uh, 150. North Carolina Association of Educators, so the teachers' union itself, sorry, the association, 
and the NCAE Organized 2020 Racial and Social Justice Caucus, North Carolina AFL-CIO, Piedmont Democratic Socialists of America, Pisgah Legal Services, Planned Parenthood of South Atlantic. That's all of them. Uh, Progress NC, Racial Justice Coalition Asheville, the Raleigh Democratic Socialists of America, the Sierra Club, the Sunrise Movement Asheville. Those were the, the little high school kids that tried to get arrested at City Hall because uh, they made a list of demands that the city council approved their their uh, climate change demands. Uh, so you got the Sunrise Movement Asheville as well as their uh, affiliated chapters in Charlotte, uh, Durham, and the state chapter as well. The Dogwood Alliance, uh, that's a Western North Carolina uh, environmentalist group, UNC Law National Lawyers Guild, Western NC Citizens Ending Institutional Bigotry, or as I like to call it, the Wunkiaib, and the Workers United of Western North Carolina. Oh, and as I mentioned earlier, the YWCA of Asheville. So if you're taking your kids to the Young Women's Christian Association <laughs> for the working out, although I guess, are you allowed to do that? Are they even open right about now? Anyway, I'll tell you who is open. General Equipment Rental. General Equipment Rental is your source for the Karcher misting system uh, with the vital oxide disinfectant. So if you are a property or apartment manager or business owner, venue operator, maybe a school or childcare facility operator, uh, you want to disinfect your place. You want to make it safe for people to uh, to come in, either your employees or your customers, right? This is what you need. The Karcher misting system with vital oxide disinfectant. It is at General Equipment Rental. It is safe for kids and pets, food contact surfaces as well. It uses this vital, uh, this vital oxide disinfectant, which is an all-in-one, hospital-grade, EPA-approved germicidal disinfectant sanitizer and deodorizer. It kills 99.9% of infection-causing bacteria and viruses, including coronavirus, but also E. coli, MRSA, H1N1, influenza B. Uh, it also kills mold, mildew, and fungus, all right? So this thing solves all of your cleaning problems. Uh, there's no rinse required, non-toxic, hypoallergenic, odorless, and colorless, 100% biodegradable. You roll it around. It's got four wheels. It's a cordless. Uh, it's the size of a shop vac. And uh, you clean everything, and then you're good for like up to 10 days. Then you just got to spot clean uh, sort of the high traffic areas. Super, super easy. Rent it once a week and uh, have peace of mind and assure your customers and your workers, right, that you're that you're providing a safe environment for them. The Karcher Mister at General Equipment Rental in Weaverville. It's at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road. General Equipment Rental in Weaverville, generalrents.com, generalrents.com forward slash Pete. You'll get uh, two free cloth masks, some face coverings, which I have one. These things, it's the best one I've got. Generalrents.com, General Equipment Rental in Weaverville. Think outside your toolbox. All righty, so last night uh, there's there was a story that broke, and all of a sudden it started lighting up on the uh, Twitter machine. It was about an Instagram post that Madison Cawthorn made uh, a couple years ago, and I will read it in its entirety. It says that Madison Cawthorn, by the way, the Republican candidate for the North Carolina 11th District, says, The vacation house of the Fuhrer, seeing the eagle's nest, has been on my bucket list for a while. It did not disappoint. Strange to hear so many laughs 
and share such a good time with my brother, where only 79 years ago, a supreme evil shared laughs and good times with his compatriots. Right? That's what he posted. So obviously, he's a Nazi, right? Because do you know what the eagle's nest is? I did not, I confess. The eagle's nest was apparently Hitler's vacation retreat. And somebody gave it to him or something, and that's why he says it's the house of the Fuhrer. And so this is obviously proof that Madison Cawthorn is a racist. And a lot of people, now unless you are reading an article that includes the entire image of what he posted, because he has now since deleted this, uh, this picture. And uh, if, if you are not reading the entire script here that he wrote, the entire passage that he wrote, you may not know that he called uh, Hitler supreme evil. Because to me, like, that's kind of important. I don't know if a Nazi would be calling Hitler supreme evil, but he says supreme evil. He's obviously digging the place. He wanted to go see this place, which I have not watched Band of Brothers, but apparently that, uh, spoiler alert, that's at the end of the tour or something. And so a lot of people who are into World War II, they want to go see the Eagle's Nest, right? This is some place that people who are into the history of it, they want to go see. So Democrats are obviously pointing to this as proof that Madison Cawthorn, I mean, aside from his, you know, being a Republican and all, that he's a racist. And uh, Mo Davis is the Democrat who is running against Madison Cawthorn for this seat. And Davis, from his Twitter account, said Hitler's vacation retreat is not on my bucket list. Okay, score some political points. Ha ha ha. I'm a Democrat, and so I get to say my opponents are racist. Because that's really what Democrats have been saying for my entire adult life. That is like all of their arguments against their opponents. They uh, they say that Republicans don't want everybody else to die, so vote for me and you won't die. So... He then goes on in another tweet. Well, first he retweets some other guy who says that uh, Cawthorn is a fascism poster child, uneducated, unable to compete, yet pretty and pampered, lacking any moral core and strongly endorsed by Trump. And Mo Davis retweeted that, so obviously in support of it. And then he says this, my opponent named his business SPQR, I'll get to that in a minute, Sports a Molon Lab emblem, poses with a Betsy Ross flag. Hitler's vacay retreat was on his bucket list, and he has 88 followers on Twitter. <laughs> fool you twice, it's shame on you. Fool you five times, and you're a fool. America deserves better. <laughs> okay. He follows 88 on Twitter. Why is that such a big deal? We'll see 88, and any Democrat will tell you this. Any uh, the, the, the number 88 is a reference to Hitler because eight is, or H is the eighth letter of the alphabet. So HH means Heil Hitler, which means any 88 is obviously proof that you're uh, a Nazi. Um, also, the Betsy Ross flag. This is apparently to the Democrats. This is also proof that you are... Uh, a white supremacist. Did you know that? Remember where this all started. Now, they'll, they're going to tell you that it was the white supremacists who made it their flag. And so when Nike ditched the shoe with the Betsy Ross flag, it was because of the white supremacists. But that's actually not true. Colin Kaepernick told Nike, because he had just gotten his gig as, 
you know, spokes guy for Nike. And Colin Kaepernick said that that flag is of the original 13 colonies and there were slaves during the founding. And so that's a racist flag. That's what he said. And what happened? The backlash, right? Republicans were like, screw you. That's the Betsy Ross flag. That's a great looking flag. We love the flag. We love the founding, right? It's a it's an American symbol. And they you know, boycotted Nike and stuff. Rush Limbaugh started selling the Betsy Ross stuff. Everybody started selling Betsy Ross flags. It's not a symbol of racism. If it is, then so is the current American flag, which a lot of folks on the left would say it is, by the way. They would agree with me that it is. Most people, right and left, agree with me that Red Rock Photography is a fantastic site to go to to get your next picture of the Blue Ridge Mountains. Look, you can go with your little cell phone and take some pictures and stuff, but you know when you try to blow that thing up and put it on your wall, it's going to look like trash. So go to redrockphotonc.com, get some of Stacy Redman's work. He is from Western North Carolina, shooting landscapes for two decades. The work he does is brilliant, it's amazing, and it's affordable. See for yourself at redrockphotonc.com and use the promo code PETE for 20% off. Redrockphotonc.com. All right, so the SPQR, what is this motto he names his uh, company after? SPQR. It's the Latin phrase meaning Senatus Populusque Romanus, which means the Senate and the Roman people. It's from the time of the Roman Republic. And uh, this SPQR has now, according to these lefty websites that have been writing up on all of this, they're like, this has now recently become quite popular among racists, like the OK symbol, like everything is now a popular symbol among white supremacists. Right? Come on, people. Like the Molon Lab. Like, I've got one of those. The little Spartan thing with the, yeah, come and take it. Like, that's what that's about. That's Second Amendment stuff. That's, I'm a Second Amendment supporter. I'm a conservative. Like, they're, they're trying to racistize everything, all symbols and flags of everything that Republicans and conservatives adorn themselves with. That's by design. All right, we'll get into more of this tomorrow. That's a wrap for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. I appreciate that. Thanks so much for the support. We'll talk to you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.